When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Kelly. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Good, good, good. That's great. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce the show. Then I'm going to let you guys go on ahead and introduce yourselves and what you guys do. And from there, we'll go on with the interview. Okay, awesome. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I actually have Kelly with me and her husband, Diego. Say hello to everyone. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hi. <laughs> um, me and Diego. Diego is actually from Colombia. He's oh, okay. uh, so his accent might be a little thick for you, but um, I'll translate anything that doesn't uh, translate right. Okay, it's it's perfectly fine because I was actually doing a podcast with Schmoes of the North, and we actually had a guy that's actually French, so I was able to actually understand him. So we're gonna be okay. Okay, good deal. Good deal. So, <laughs> so. Tell me a little bit about y'all selves. So I am, I'm Kelly Young Silva. Um, I am an acting coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I own Words in Motion Acting Studio. Uh, Diego and I have a show together um, called Kelly Talk Show. Mainly runs off of Facebook. You can look it up. uh, And it's um, just, uh, we we interview artists, a lot of filmmakers, um, singers, but as an acting coach, you know, I'm very invested in the life of an act of, of the artist and mainly uh, the workload that it takes to uh, make the transformation from it being a hobby to it actually being a career. So that's what we do. We, right. we interview people who have, have moved into careers. And, uh, and I've, I work a lot in the Atlanta industry, um, mediating industry panels and and things like that. And then uh, my husband is a four-time Emmy Award winner. And I'll turn it over to him. Hi, I'm Diego Silva. Diego Silva Cedo. I'm from Colombia. I'm director and cinematographer. Um, right now it's close to 12 years working. Uh, I started as a visual effects. My background is visual effects. Then uh, trying to match the light between 3D and the real light, I've become a little bit like a cinematographer for those uh, visual effects uh, scenes. And, and at the end, I've, I ended up directing the, those scenes and I become director. So I have been in the United States for four years. Right now, I have been working with the uh, Hispanic Network, Media Network. And it's with them that I got the four Emmys uh, last year. Uh, this year, I got four nominations, but I, we don't know. That's fantastic. Yet. <laughs> yes, thank you. And we have, our, we have a baby on the way. So I'm, I'm seven months pregnant. Oh, and congratulations. We have two babies. One is the baby, the real baby. And the second is a movie that we are, uh, we, we should be shooting in, in March. But because the virus, we have to shut down the production, and we are like trying to organize everything. To, okay. To be able to. So yeah, we had um, 
our, our feature film was was scheduled to for um souls and it was scheduled for principal photography on march the 16th and everything went crazy with the with the virus around march the 14th and we um ended up having to shut everything down and it was uh you know it's been it's it's been disheartening to say right. the least because we nobody knows when production is going to be up and running again i mean all of la is shut down everybody's shut down and um we're getting there they've given us now we've, we just got guidelines on on how productions can start back up but it's so I mean, it involves testing, and you still have to keep social distancing, right. and it's just really not. I don't really see anything coming back probably till the first of the year. But you know, you'll have. I know right. here in Atlanta, Tyler Perry is trying to start back up too. Um, so you'll have. That's what I've heard. I heard that he was trying to start back up again. Yeah, and he's he's like, um, he'll be doing like crazy testing. He's got everybody quarantined, and. So, you know, most productions can't handle that. Well, he has the space. Everybody <laughs> right. will be living in, inside the studio for the time of, of the production. So having that space is, is good. The problem right. that productions has is, like, I can control all, all into the set. But at night, everybody's going to their houses, and I don't know if they are getting something in there. So uh, finally, uh, I will be responsible for that also you know right. as a producer i'm responsible for anything on set and if uh even when we shut down the next week the week after that um one of the actors uh got the bios and and so if we were shooting that would be uh yeah so, so one of the main problems that productions are having is that um with the with the guidelines and also productions have to, uh, we are not essential workers. So we right. have to go by the guidelines of the States. Um, and that makes it really hard for, for, for filming. Um, exactly. We're doing social distancing, but you're the insurance companies right now that, uh, most productions, you know, you should have insurance if you're going to do a, a movie, but it's not covering anything that has to do with the virus, which, so if our, let's say that we hit a second wave and they're looking at that probably the fall, I don't know what's going to happen with all the people, right. you know, that's been out recently could be before then. Um, but uh, we get a second wave and productions would have to be, we would have to shut down again. And when productions are shut down for us, we still have to pay our actors and uh, a crew. So, you know, you can spend your whole budget having to pay for something that never, um, you know, work days that were, right. that were never, uh, they were never completed. So it's, it's, it's a really, really, really difficult time for, for the productions right now, which is terribly sad for us here in Atlanta because our, our film industry has just been booming. And so, yeah, hurtful. Most definitely, you know, I'm an extension worker and everything. I work in the hospital and stuff like that. And I understand where you guys actually are coming from where, you know, when you actually have to take money out of your budget to actually take care of the actors and the people that are surrounded with it. And then also like Diego mentioned too, with the whole fact is he's also responsible as a producer 
on a film and you actually have to wonder, okay, they're going home late at night. What, what are they might be contracting back over into the studio and everything? And how can I actually take care of them and also support my film at the same time? Yeah. And so, if you have, you have one actor, like we said, um, you know, when, when we first um, started with the virus here, one of our actors, one of our lead actors caught the virus and if you have one actor, if you have one person on your set that ends up catching it, it's going to shut down your whole production. So, right. So, yeah. Yes. Really, really, really difficult. <laughs> I can understand that. And I'm kind of curious, though. I know that you said that you guys have a movie that's in production and everything. Can you go on ahead and explain what the plot is and what that's about? Yes, I'll let... Um, I am, I'm actually the line producer on, on that. So handling, um, you know, anything above the line or below the line, that's me. I put the line together, which means crew and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Diego is producing. It's actually a, uh, he actually wrote this movie and, um, he's producing and directing. So that's a big, big, big job. And I'll let him give you the kind of the, the well, pitch of the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, uh, basically, it's a, it's a family that uh, this, the kid is, is sick. They are trying to find the, the uh, problem of that sickness. And is because so, something supernatural is happening in their house. And the father ended up uh, finding that out. So, so it's, it's basically a, uh, it's like a thriller. A, yeah, it's like a thriller okay. horror kind of movie. And, okay. Um, so yeah, a lot of turns and twists and <laughs> and sacrifice and. Uh, yes, uh, I I don't want to reveal too much. Uh, no, 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 that's that, fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's. Um, I I try to put action. I try to put. Uh, interesting things uh so will be will be good is we are still working now that we have to shoot down um i i uh, was talking with mark travis and we have been like going around the script and doing some changes to make it even better uh and also talking with sag sag after is telling us that people cannot be together so we are trying to find ways to shoot where they can keep distance. But it's really hard because in a relationship. Right. Uh, right, because they actually have to be close enough together. And you know what? I was actually wondering this too. Like, if they, if they did give you the green light to go on ahead and start up work again and everything, it's like, okay, how do you go about doing this? Because actors actually have to communicate with each other in a close distance. Do you go ahead and shoot one scene by themselves and then put another? Uh, then after that, you go on ahead and put another actor in another spot and then they say their lines and then you actually have to splice the film together so is what they you know yeah, that's, that's how they think of movies and then you edit it all together and they look like they're beside each other yeah, like, right is what they expect basically uh that's a tough thing to do yeah yes they they actually when we talked to them they said that uh many people is rewriting because uh some things yeah, are not I mean, the thing is, is when you're putting, you know, that much money into something, I mean, do you really want 
do you do you really do you want to wait until it's really time to make a good film or do you want to go ahead and rush and have something that looks that doesn't look natural because it's you know it it, you're not going to be able to cover that space different distance so um I don't know for for me Diego might feel different but I I would prefer to wait until you know it's it's a lot of money going out so definitely uh, most definitely yeah especially when you look at studios with budgets and stuff like that too and then trying to make sure the budget actually fits into what you're doing and then if it's rushed and it doesn't hit as well you're going to be losing a lot of a lot of money right. with it yeah right 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 yes and you know i actually watched your your show though recently kelly with whenever you had one of the actresses who was actually in the closet with drew barrymore oh yes yes that's um uh my friend uh jackie Golst- golston golsting and everything I just want to say I really enjoyed that interview interview with the back and forth and everything. And it got me to wondering, too. I know I didn't put this in my notes or anything, but, you know, what drives y'all to actually do what you guys love? What's your passion about what you guys love to do about film? Um, well, you know, I have an extensive background in theater and spent um, many years on stage. And... Um, I opened my acting studio about the time that the film industry hit here in Atlanta. So the film industry here has really only been growing strong for about 10 years. And for us that started off, um, it's been really cool because we've been able to grow with the industry. So my passion is just really being around the arts. I don't feel like I have to be doing, I I love coaching. Um, I, I, I like, there was a period in my, in my life where I, you know, I devoured acting. Now I really, really love the process of, of taking even a green actor and pulling them to a place where um, I call it hitting ball where they're, they're, you know, throwing ball and, right. and able to, um, um, and, and able to, to put, put, put forth a truthful, uh, a truthful performance because that's really what it's about. It's not acting. It's about finding the truth in, in the story and, um, Most definitely. and being able to relate to, you know, creating, you're, you're creating a life based on, on a story. And so I, I love doing that. Um, at this point I've produced, I've, um, I've, I've been a director. I've directed tons of, of, uh, of stage plays, but, um, you know, I, I just love all aspects of it. If I, yeah, I, 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 I've even uh, been on the casting side. I, I love that. And that's the reason, like, um, with my, with my show, the Kelly talk show, we show different, different elements of the film industry because it's not just one job, you know, there's lots right. of different, different things. For, so for me personally, I just feel like I have a need to be centered around the art. I also love making a difference in, in my community. So, um, you know, that's me. Well, for, okay. for me, is uh, I always, since I was little, I was always wanting to have to do movies. Uh, I was watching a show that was at that time on, on TV that was behind of the scenes. Uh, I was like, I don't know, like six when they were doing that. And I was seeing how they do Jurassic Park, how they do all of that behind the scenes. 
So I actually was wanting to do that. At that time, it was animatronic. Everything was not 3D. So I studied uh, mechatronic engineer, and I'm an engineer, like, trying to do those things, those robots. Uh-huh. Then everything uh, switched to 3D. So I did a master degree in animation and modeling 3D, and it's what I was doing. Oh, nice. I started doing visual effects in a different way. And everything, all all the time, have been my passion. It's just that I, I never see myself in front of the camera. Uh, I'm always behind. And I mean, I I, I took classes sometimes. I I watched uh-huh. the classes of Kelly, also just to know about relationship between director and actors. You know, like always playing okay. with that. But but I'm very technical. Yes, yeah, so I think. You know, okay. I think the thing that, that most artists have, they just have this drive. I mean, it, it has to be this love. It can't be that you think you're going to get famous. It has to be something that is within you that you literally w- would do without getting paid. And, and every artist that, that I know um, has, you know, they're, well, they, they, they don't start off getting paid. Very few. <laughs> the right. Of this right. Is because, hard is, you know, uh, it's hard when, you are spending a lot of time trying to do something, learning from different people, and you are not getting paid or, or well paid. You're just making it up. And it's, it's hard to go through all of those years. Once you start making it better and living from that is, is when everything changed. But it's your passion that keeps you there, you know, like every day doing something, even when the money is not enough at the beginning, you know. Exactly. And that, matter of fact, that's what, right. Because that's actually what motivates me with my podcast and stuff like that. You actually have to have a motivation in order to do what you love doing, you know, and for me to do my podcast and everything else is just my passion. I love film. I love talking about film. I love interacting with my friends about film and stuff like yeah, that too. You, you, so you, I actually you understand work a full-time you. job and then come home and, and do podcasting. So that's, that's what it is. You know, it's that, it's right. that, um, you know that if you, if you really have that passion, you're going to be doing it in your in your free time. And you know, I don't know if you have a a, a desire to eventually make it your total career, but but I think yeah. that's my goal. I think we have to be a little bit crazy also because yeah. uh, we yeah, have right. to put too much time in. I mean, I'm I'm going to the bed and I'm always thinking in, in what I'm shooting, how I'm shooting. All the time you have. Even when you are not working, supposedly, you are, your mind is still there. It's like trying to solve problems because a movie has, is coming with a lot of troubles that you have to be solving. And more when you don't have a big budget. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety that goes on with, with uh, doing a movie and production of a movie and everything else too where you're like, okay, I'm hoping that this don't go wrong or if I'm hoping that maybe an actor or an actress don't get sick or I'm hoping that maybe this one scene might actually come in come in right and everything for me. So I actually understand what you mean yes, by that. Yes, 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 completely. And this is what I have a question about. This is just for you, Kelly. Um, with working with actors and, or actresses, how would you teach them to make a certain character believable? Well, it depends on what level that they're 
depends on <laughs> that's like such a broad question to to an acting coach because um many you know um many people that I work with they'll come in completely green and so the first thing that you're you're teaching is you know how to hit notes how to hit true notes and uh, i mean just the all the information that goes it's, it's so much more than than people realize um but believable comes down to uh the actor really putting truth in the story he's got to find his truth for the story so um, right. you know you might have a if we we end up uh, uh i mean this happens in theater all the time right because they do the same shows over and over and you have different cast members and you might have one that, that plays it this way and one that plays it that way there's no wrong, right or wrong it's your interpretation of the character and what you bring to the character but it has to be your truth. Right. It can't be just reciting lines and not knowing the inner makings of of the character. So that's what we do is we dig into, um, you know, in in classes. It's about is this is this ringing true or is it not ringing true? And you know, I've just been coaching for so long that just by tones and and whatever, um, I can pick it up really really quickly and so then we're trying then you know we're, we're working on getting getting to the truth why is that not ringing true why does that sound fake well because you haven't put some kind of ingredient in there to uh and, and a lot of times it's your intention in your subtext um you haven't right. you're just saying a line and you don't know why you don't really know why the worst thing for an actor do, to do is to ever say a line that he does not know why. And I don't mean that he can understand the line, but he needs to know why he is saying that line. Just like when I, when I just say, exactly. why, is, why is he saying that line? I put emphasis on it because I'm letting you know that that's very important. So um, that's right. what I find uh, most with new actors is just that they don't, realize how in depth we use communication and we don't communicate exactly. with words. We use our words to help somebody understand us, but we, but more we use tones and vibrations and, and physicality. Right. And absolutely. And you see, I took theater class in my senior year of high school. And that's actually what one of my teachers actually taught us was, yeah, you're saying lines, but body language has a lot to do with it the way that you present your voice and the way that you actually have your range is how you actually are being projected with that character because you're no longer you, you're that character. So you have to have a full understanding of why you're saying that certain line because you're that character. You're no right. longer you. I mean, you, you are your understanding of the character, which you become, which is a part right. of, it's still a part of you and your personality and your, um, you know, your, your, uh, your truth, your you are that other person's truth right. is is what you are, and and through that, yes, you become, um, you be, you know you you live in this, you live in the state right. of their being for a certain amount of time. Exactly. Uh, another thing I wanted to know was like when you work with actors, when it comes to changing their accents and everything, how do you go about doing well, that? I, I don't work with, I'm not a dialect coach. So um, if there okay. is somebody that needs to do a certain accent, you would, you would 
and they can't, you know, um, do it, then you, you would send them to an actual dialect coach. So that's a little different than what, okay. than what I deal with. Okay, I got you. I wasn't sure how that was worked in and everything, so I was just kind of interested about yeah, how like that class, actually works behind the scenes kind of thing. Accents, but I can't give an expert opinion on that because I'm not trained as a dialect coach. So right. when you get when you get into right. like the real film industry, you know everybody has their specialties, and um and and one of one of the things that that you're, I mean, if you are an actor. Uh, one of the things that you're working on is building a team. So your first step is always going to be training. You're not going to get an agent. You're not going to, you're not going to go anywhere without uh, first training unless an, an agent seeks you out. That's a whole different thing. But if you're looking for the industry, your f- first step is going to be, um, you know, to find a good coach. And that coach has, has connections. Like I am the one that normally eventually gets, people signed with agents because I do have those connections here in Atlanta. Um, but, uh, you know, then it's, it's me with the coach. If, if we need to refer a student to a dialect coach, then that person becomes a part of our team. Then a manager becomes a part of our team. So you as an actor, you're looking to build a team that you trust and can work with. Okay. I got you. Um, another thing too was with, uh, Diego, what I was wondering about was like, what other shows that you produce and everything too, and directed? I'm just kind of curious. Um, well, I, I, I worked four years with, uh, uh, Mundo Hispanico Digital Network. It's a Hispanic uh, media platform. And I did around a thousand shows for them a thousand uh, videos uh, we did um, actually one of the Emmys is a series program uh, series sport program for NFL was uh, Hispanic in the in the NFL so we were going to the games and and seeing and showing how Hispanics can enjoy a game that that is not our from our culture you know like Trying, trying to right. create uh, different uh, uh, things for our for the Hispanic community. Um, I have a lot of short form uh, things. Uh, uh, I do pro- uh, shows with them, with the lawyers, with the police. Uh, we motivate uh, Hispanics to be in touch with the police because sometimes. Uh, you know, it's a lot of people that is immigrant here that doesn't have papers and they believe that the police will be just against them. And sometimes they don't go to right. the police with some situations that you should go. Um, so we show what is the the good things and of uh, the community. Yes, it's working with the community. It's showing, okay. it's training the community in different ways. Uh, so, yes, I have done. He ha- within within that media platform, he does a lot of different types of shows. He also has worked with like Toyota, doing commercials for them, and yes. NFL, Napa, NASCAR. And, yeah, we, it's a I lot. did some oh, shows sweet. for NASCAR. Uh, we were covering because. 
in NASCAR is uh, Daniel Suarez. He's the driver from Mexico. So we were doing some special things with them, with him and how NASCAR was bringing the Hispanic community to into the um, this uh, culture of NASCAR. You know, NASCAR. Most definitely. Yes, I love the yes, diversity in that. trying to show uh, culture. We have... I mean, we come here and we are immigrants, but we want to learn about all your culture. And sometimes we are not going to there thinking that, right. oh, NASCAR is just car in a circle. I don't know. You know, but once you understand the culture, right. and you understand what is going on there, what is a day in NASCAR, it's completely different. You have a bunch of things to do there. So all of that is what we are showing and and. I have to produce that with my friend Alfredo Suarez. He's he's a reporter, and so we produce all of those content. Okay. Another thing too is, oh, another thing too is, I was wondering about when you work with the NFL part. What was what was the most thrilling part about that? Can I, I just say that? He got to cover the Super Bowl, yeah. and that that wasn't that exciting to him. And oh. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I was so jealous. Exactly. One thing, that you get used to that. You know, you get used to. It's like, like, even in NASCAR, I brought Kelly one day and to NASCAR and we were in the media center and and she saw all the drivers there like nothing like and nobody of us is bothering them because we we become like a family you are seeing them every every weekend and talking to them and and right. so at the end you lose like that big uh, excitement excitement of uh, of, of, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't look at it. You don't look at it as a fan anymore. You're looking at it as you you work there. So yes. it's like you know if you were going okay. around and uh, you're the janitor and sweeping everything at the you know uh, in the bathrooms, you would still get to see the game, right. and but it it would be different for you. So you're there shooting all the time, and it's it's a little different. Obviously, it's obviously it's so exactly. good when okay. you go to uh, something like the Super Bowl, and and you have access to things that normal people cannot uh, go. So that's that's obviously good. Um, it's very hard because they have the most uh, restricted uh, rules. Like NFL is very strict right. to... really, really strict with the rules yes it's, okay. a, it's like a hard to get, okay right um, the passes for something and you have passes for some specific things nascar is more open more friendly uh different is depends on on the events but i like the organization that they, they have it's it's very and he's gotten to travel a lot you know to different the different yes. states and gotten to see a lot of the United States from right. uh, from covering different events. Yes, I have been traveling. Well, I traveled more in the United States the last two years. Than, He's been to than... more places than I've been, and I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's 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 crazy, but it's also pretty cool, man. I mean, Thank that you. is just fantastic. Yeah, you know. 
and I'm originally from Boston, so I've been uh, up through that area. I was covering in Boston and stuff like that. The Patriots uh, with Patriots with uh, <laughs> I don't remember Brady or uh, but uh, we were okay. Actually, I have a, a bad experience with Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Boston, Boston was the first. Oh boy! Well, uh, this is a little bit of of the mean side of of people, so yeah. we'll just put it like that. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. Those, I'm probably gonna be like the nicest Southern <laughs> Boston guy that you can probably meet. <laughs> so, because even when my aunt and uncle are visiting down here, we're and they're so not get this. And the Dollar General is like, hey, welcome to our store. And Boston is like, yeah, okay, here's the store. <laughs> There's like no excitement, no nothing. I'm like, wow, no, we're not used city. to this. Uh, I love, uh, we went to the the green stadium, the um, the big, uh, the sucks, the, the baseball um, is the big, yeah. big green. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the big green, yeah. Uh, the rest and and it's really it's okay. nice and all of that, but and the city was so good. It's just that uh, that was my first event that I was going to NFL, and and one police was picking me from all this, from all the people. He just goes straight to me and said, "Give me your papers," and I'm like. Why to me? <laughs> because wow. I'm the only one here. <laughs> and, and, um, and it's the first time that somebody says to me, uh, "You got called a stick." <laughs> stick, yeah. You know, he didn't even he didn't even know what that word was. Oh wow, so it was that is so messed up. To me. But, <laughs> but Boston but... is. Uh, I've been to Boston too, and I, I love the city. Like it's um, it's it's really. I mean, you guys, it's it's really nice. But that was an and was just it really one is. thing, a small thing that doesn't change anything. You know, I enjoy the the game. I the uh, I enjoy the the city, the people. Even in in there in the stadium, they have like a bar that you can see the green the the uh, the the field the, the, the field from the re- and and was so right so good. I mean. And every every city here has like something special, so it has been really good for me. Yeah, most definitely. And I just want to say this with Atlanta and everything; it has grown. To, you know, you guys actually grown into this big, huge Hollywood thing that you guys came pretty much like yes. almost the primary yeah, to what Hollywood what is just is, about. Yeah, and and, and I'm and I'm happy about that. that. You know, I've been able. I started coaching. Um, I guess it's been about 10 years. It may be 11 years now. I don't know. I don't keep up with my years too much, but um, it was right before the the film industry kind of hit here. And I had started coaching kids in my community just as a way to really help. I mean, the arts are, are so much a, a vital part of, of my life and keeping me out of trouble and, and helping me with different areas in my life. So I'm like, so I opened a studio and thought, you know, I'm going to develop kids to make them better people in the world is, it was my thought. And I, I know you have a question on your thing about improv. Um, I'm, I'm highly skilled in improv right. and also teach improv classes. And um, in the beginning, we had these classes that we would just kind of compete against uh 
uh, different improv groups and, and we were just killing them. And, and that's kind of how I got brought in <laughs> to the more professional part of the, of the industry. The thing about the industry, if you're, if you're doing something really cool and it's skilled, the industry wants you. I mean, it's not, if you've got the correct right. skills, um, you'll find each other, you know? I mean, it's, it just kind of, kind of works that way. I think a lot of things is timing though. Um, I started when I started, so I got pulled in because there wasn't a lot of people. I I think me and, and, and the actor scene, which is another studio in Atlanta, were the only ones that were coaching kids at the time and they needed kids. So they would reach out to our studios. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, to watch, you know, I've had um, one of my students is um, she'll play the granddaughter of Eddie Murphy in Coming Back to America, too. Um, there's a horror movie coming out called Antlers with I can't ever say his name right. Um, uh, and he's he's a lead in that. And, uh, you know, my students have been in a lot of national oh, commercials on shows like The Resident and um, Ozark. And, you know, so to, to actually see, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a small, I, I'm actually in Villa Rica, so I'm a little bit outside of Atlanta and a, a kind of a small town. And okay. to see that there are people in our area um, that you know, this, this really is a possible dream. It's not, I I see my students on the screen all the time. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's just fantastic. Right. Right. That's thrill. That's a thrill right there. uh, Atlanta has to be like careful is because all the productions are happening in here. uh, And everybody has an option to be involved on there. Even if you are new, you can be grip, you can be PA, you can be, I don't know, but um, but the main the de- decisions are coming from Hollywood. So as Atlanta community, we we have to start making more content that is our content that is developing new things. So we don't depend everything on on Hollywood. And I know that um, they control the big. I mean, there are the big studios and everything, but uh. I encourage the people to create new content that is coming from us. So if the industry move back, we can keep doing it. And Yeah. So the industry is here because of incentives and, um, but it's still everything that's being produced here is still LA based. And, you know, you, you want to stand on your own as your own industry. So that's, you know, that's what Atlanta has really been focused on is content, which is, you know, like us doing our movie, even our talk show. Um, but, uh, you know, now we're at a standstill. So, <laughs> right. I understand that, right. especially with this, uh, this pandemic and everything, you know, but hopefully everything will go smooth, to, smooth for you guys because I'm rooting for you guys. Um, let's see here. There's another thing that I wanted to ask Diego here. Um, when it comes to directing, I know that the job of the director is to get the best performance out of their actors or actresses. How do you get them to do the performance that you want well, them to do? Um, I always explain the situation, and and I let the actors give me the first impression. 
I will explain to them um, where they are coming, where they are feeling, what they are feeling, their intentions, their intentions, yes, and and all the subjects, and and I will, I want to see what is their first performance of that, what and, their interpretation is, yes, and then and then I will be ad- okay. adjusting that in case it's not what I was looking for, but I, um, most of the time if you have a good actor you will explain to them uh well with the script they are already prepared and they are coming and asking you a few things and you can just put them in situation uh i did a a short film guns uh it's about um guns gun safety uh and it's a a little bit hard to to watch because it's it's, it's it's um it's about a child and, and it's a little bit wrong yeah but... so it's 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 a little emotional and hard to watch but the actor but the actor when he when we were in the day of preparation uh i was not telling him here i want you to cry i was telling him well here is your kid and and i want you to see him even when he has 10 years for you, is a baby, so treat him as a baby. You will put him in your lab. You will keep him like this, and and I'm making him visualize uh, that. But I'm not talking about here. You will cry. Here, you will do this. No, I'm just explaining what I want, and and a good actor will understand it and will perform it. Now, when we are shooting, if I'm seeing that it's so fast, I can tell, okay, give me two beats here or walk it slowly. I need you waiting for the camera or this, but that's more technical. And, and... So, the, so the job of uh, casting is so very, very important because if you're work, like with our movie, we worked with uh, Cheryl Loudon uh, Cuba Loudon, and she's a good friend of mine. She's a casting director here uh-huh. in Atlanta. She actually, back in the day, cast Miami Vice. So um, she was our casting director, and it's, you know, her job is to find us, um, first of all, skilled actors, because you don't want anybody, and, and new actors need to understand this, when you're working on a budget, and that budget goes into day-to-day, um, you know, that day can cost you literally thousands and thousands of dollars. So you don't want to have to spend time trying to teach the actor to act. The actor should already come with the skills needed for the job. Exactly. And he should be cast appropriately, which is the reason a lot of new actors can't get in. You know, can't. It's it's so tough for them. But you can, you can also do questions and make them understand the place. You know, like... Uh, if if you are sad, uh, why I'm sad? Okay, you're sad because you just lose your mom. Okay, so those things is like making the the actor understand where he's in that. Yeah, you can help build on the history of the of the character, um, right. or the intention of the character, but you you definitely can't teach an actor. That's my job. They should be already. Um, they should be 
Right. Yeah, they should be completely ready by the time. And it's the difference between a director and a coach. A coach uh, doesn't mind, you know, each week we're in class and we're and we're massaging, you know, the muscles and the the skills to get to where then they can go and work with Diego and not collapse in front of him. Right. Exactly. Because that's like the worst thing that could happen, you know, they can freeze up anything. Right, could wind Which up when, when going wrong for the, them at the given no moment. Budget you know, world, especially if they're not prepared. Um, you're gonna have, you know, you're you're not yet a skilled filmmaker, and the people that are gonna be on your projects are normally working for free, so they're gonna be people also in training. So I always think about, you know, the 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 low budget film world. It is also a training ground to move up to the professional world and it's very important it's a it's a a, you know i tell my actors all the time you might not be able to use that footage for your reel because it's a new filmmaker you're a new actor but together you're learning and your next one that you do is going to be even better and better and better and better and you're going to climb Exactly, because that's like an example that I'm going to use. Like everybody's like, "Well, Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey at the time, Matthew McConaughey was just starting in like rom com," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Well, think of it as like a job, and you actually have to start. Let's say, for example, you start off as a janitor, and then you work your way up to corporate or whatever. You have to start your way 100. off from the bottom and work your way up to the top. You don't come right, and you don't become a success overnight. Yes. It comes with time and building up who you are." And that's the thing that people don't realize with this acting thing is the fact that you have to get whatever is thrown at you. And even though it may not be the role that you're wanting, at least it's a job that you're proud of and that you can actually yeah, put a 110% job that, time, that you're he, doing something you into know, something. Even if he has the skills, and I don't know what his skills were at that time, but for one, he, he's, he's building skills while, while he's on that set. And for two, he's not, he doesn't have any value yet. So... Right. He is a person of no value in the film world. And for him to even get that opportunity is a great opportunity for us. I mean, yeah, from the outside, they're going to look at it and and say, oh, he was in that. But for us, that is, yes, that's climbing ground for us. Most definitely. Like I said, you're not going to wind up starting from the top. You got to work your way to the bottom. And, you know, I have to commend anyone that's yeah, actually trying to tough. come from the bottom and work their way to the top and everything. And, you know, another thing, too, is something that this is something that you guys can both answer, because I'm kind of curious about this. Uh, what type of actor or actress is easier to work with? The type of actor who really researches the role and becomes that role like a Johnny Depp or the type of actor who knows the character or just kind of imp- um, so uh, like it's funny imp- when I read this, uh, this question, when you, when you first gave it to me, um, Diego and I, I actually discussed it a little bit, um, it's a little bit of both. Like I need, um, first of all, you don't want somebody bouncing off script and going crazy because, uh, you know, you gotta, I mean, you might tell your actor, right. okay, improv this, if they have really good improv skills and let's see what happens. Um, and that's totally fine. But you you need him to be skilled on script also. However, yeah, so 
um, you take somebody right, like Johnny Depp, for instance, he has great improvisational skills. You know, I mean, everything that he is doing with um, uh, Jack, uh, what's his character? <laughs> yeah, Jack Sparrow. Uh, you know, all of Jack you know, Sparrow. It's it's a it's it's knowing that script, right. it's knowing the character, but he's also freeing himself enough to improvise as he's going through. And an actor should be always loose enough for um, to to improvise because that's really the good stuff. Is 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 you know, what comes up naturally. And so, you know, talking to agents here, I, I will say, uh, what, what class do you see more than anything that actors need to take? And they will say improv nine out of 10 times, you know, on camera classes and, and improv, um, right. scene study. But so that's my, no, it's true. I mean, it is, uh, sometimes you need one and sometimes you need the other, but the better is when you can combine those things. I mean, an actor that can uh, Im- do improv uh, helps sometimes when you are figuring something and you see that doesn't look uh, real and you, are, and you decide sometimes like, okay, let's do improv. Yeah, this having somebody same. like a Jim Carrey or a Robin Williams um, I mean, that's amazing because they, they are going to still right. know that script, but if you tell them, you know, we want to, we want to do something crazy right here, or let's try this. Uh, they're not going to be scared to come off of that script. No, they're not because they know, actually, they know what the script actually calls for. They know how to actually bounce that right. around. Right. To where and, and that character should, comes I mean, to life even, even more. Even when you're going through and doing your homework on your, on your characters and stuff, um, even you know, I I always uh, build you know other history for my characters and um, and do a lot of improv stuff. You know, talk to myself as if I were that you know being in that character. So, right. Another thing, too, is, like, even in theater class, like, I remember writing this monologue. It was, like, a two-page monologue about a boxer. And, basically, all I had was a bo- pair of boxing gloves because I took boxing. And mm-hmm. and I used the stage as my boxing rink. And, basically, I didn't have any decorations or anything like that. I just acted like I climbed through the ropes. And then it was a complete um, flashback scene of how he became the boxer that he's about to end up facing his biggest challenge yet, becoming the champion. So I went through the whole entire thing of improv and then adding music to it. Um, afterwards, as he's fighting and everything, I ended up amplifying it to the point where the teacher was actually shocked because I'm this, at the time I was just this quiet kid that weighed about 120 pounds. <laughs> and the teacher's like, where did that come from? Because she was not, I was like, I said it was just the moment. It was the right. music, and right. it was also the drive. The drive that got me to where. Wow, I was. good for you. So I nice. ended up walking away with an eight. Nice. <laughs> with that, thank you. But yeah, I've always liked acting. I always love talking about film and stuff right. like that. It's just one of those things that I love, and it's not going to go away. <laughs> so, um, but another thing too, I know Diego touched on this a little bit, but you know maybe you can actually add in a little bit more flavor to that too. 
But how do you prep an actor for a very emotional scene, such as if the actor or actress is crying at a funeral, something really sad happens and the actor or actress has to really show the, the tears, the grief. How would you prep well, I, a, I would and coach that actor or actress? Right here, uh, that, will, that will affect the actor, like tell him, like conditionate okay. that. Um, I think... Uh, okay. If you tell them the situation, like in Guns, he he actually cried, but I never asked him to cry. I just put him in situation. I explained to him, this is your kid. Uh, I want you to cover his arm like this because you are seeing it like a, a baby, not like a 10 years old. Um, here's your background right. of this situation. And right now, nothing in your life uh, makes sense so when uh, he uh, is like he don't care about his environment he lost everything so I'm I'm going and explain to him where posi- posi- positioning him into the character and and he's asking me questions of how was that that relationship oh the kid was so close to you was this and then when you said action everything will come yeah so the worst thing i mean i have a really um new actors put a lot of emphasis on being able to cry on cue and it's really not the be all to be all because when something happened you know different people handle things differently Somebody could be in the same situation and literally their kid died right. and they're just in shock and they can't cry, you know, but they're, they're in shock and, you know, maybe they handle it with anger. Right. It doesn't really matter what emotion the character uses as long right. as it portrays truth. So, um, so you're never telling the, the actor, you know, you must cry. Right. And another thing, too, is like you can have no dialogue and still have emotion just from like just the way the person is looking at something. For example, you have a quiet place which has not that much dialogue to it, but within itself, you can definitely tell that there's just something there between the characters and everything Look, where I, they're actually telling I, each other, talking to each other with, through uh, their emotions. With these scenes without dialogue. I like to play with that. I like to play with uh, uh, camera movement, body language. You know, like uh, if you action see action. More, more. If you see uh, in guns, is seven minutes long, and the dialogue <laughs> is the first two minutes. The other five are without dialogue, and and and, and the reviews and everything that I have been getting. We were in many festivals. We were in LA. We were having, uh, uh, we won different. We won festivals. lots of awards through the, yes. the and, festival circuit. And people, thank you. And, and people is saying, This is fantastic. Uh, You're because welcome. That was a test for me, like how I can generate real emotions on people. Uh, because I'm doing a horror film, so I was wanting to generate in five minutes emotion in people. So I was 
trying to test that, you know. And I'm doing it, and and I positioned that guy with that mindset, right. and he was crying three hours because we were shooting and shooting and shooting again. And I was thinking inside of me like, oh, this guy will will not be able to keep going. Like you he's know, gonna, like he's gonna dry up. Yes. The like, thing is, he's got to keep that emotional level. Once he decides to go there, he's got to keep that emotional level. So you're telling right. him to cut. You're setting up another scene, and he's got to pull from that same emotional level. Yes, but you hard. have to be careful to don't. You have to be careful and 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 manage your crew also oh, wow. to don't be like <laughs> cut and everybody. Hey, good. You know, like everybody have to be everybody quiet. Stay in that okay, same. let's move to this. Keep keep there. Like the energy have to keep going so the mm. actor can can. Uh, um, He's got to, yeah, the actor has to be able to stay in his place. So the worst thing is for a crew to start talking to him or something. I mean, during an emotional right. scene to, to decide to say, hey, man, are you okay? Or what? You leave that actor alone and let that actor do his job. Let him stay where he needs to stay. Right. And, you know, when everything is said and done, then you can pat him on the back and go, dude, are you okay? Well, this guy was emotionally. Yes. yes. But and, and exactly actor, because that's going to pull him out of that role. Yeah. You know, like so your crew is. You, yes, your crew is not bothering the the actor and taking him out when it's something like that. You know, I mean, if the actor wants to go outside and most definitely and whatever, because I have friends. Right. Uh, when I was, we did a feature film. We were in theaters in Spain, and my friend was one that you said uh, action. And he immediately can get in situation, and you said cut, and he immediately is laughing and going outside, and was a very dramatic scene. Um, but he has that; not all the actors has that. So if his choice is go outside and laugh and and relax and come back and do it again, it's fine. But as a director, you have to try to keep your your actors. In the base, yes, yeah. in the base environment for them. Right. Most definitely. I can definitely understand that. Um, another thing, too, is like, this like, is for uh, both of y'all, like, Captain what are some Phillips, of your favorite movies? I like a lot that they do uh, a lot without dialogue, like body language. Uh, the scene of, of uh, Tom Hans at the end they are taking care of him and he's saying nothing for five minutes and then you are feeling it. He doesn't need to say one word to tell you everything right. that he was going through. So I think I think that movie is is really good in that Most way. Uh, I like that movie. I, and I like uh, A Beautiful Life, the Italian movie. Uh, Italian Yes, it's a beautiful. It's about the the Second World and Second okay. World War. World World War War. Yes. Yeah. And and it's 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 really good. Yeah. Robert, it's, it's, uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. I haven't heard about that one. <laughs> I'm a huge no, history you, buff. You so to, when to, you say World War, I'm sub, already you'll in. You have to see it in subtext because it's in a different so. language, but. 
Yes, it's, it's, it's Italian. That's... It's from Roberto Bellini. Bellini. Oh, that's fine. Uh, he's director and he's the main character. But but what he does there is because he, okay. he plays with a com- comedy in the middle of of a war, and and that's that's awesome. It's it's a great job what he did. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a really it's a it takes you through an emotional journey, but you feel like at the end that you know you can prosper and you can get through even the the hardest of of life. And those are those are movies I think that those are the reasons that we do what we do is when we can tell a story like that and it makes a difference and it changes people. So. Most definitely, because I love movies that can actually make you think, but also can make you change the minds of people's people's behavior or people's minds in general. Yeah, and I absolutely. love movies yeah, that do that. Yeah, and the same for me. I find I'm um, gravitated that towards my favorite movies like are really, I mean, even at the time when I first see them and you don't know that they're going to stand the test of time, they end up standing the test of time. One of my favorites is always uh, Fried Green Tomatoes. I, I really relate to the... Um, uh, to the girl in the in the story, and uh, you know it was about a time where, um, uh, I guess it, I guess the story was just coming out of, of slavery, but pe- but you know black people were still treated really poorly, and uh, this was just a, a girl that I think fought for for human rights. Her her best friend was in a relationship uh, with an abusive man, and so you know it has things about women's rights and. And um, uh, you know, human rights and and all of you know all of that combined, and just you know, being a somewhat of a rebel at that time, and as a woman, and of course, I'm going to relate to stories as as women. Um, I, I I love uh, talking about another Tom, Tom Hanks movie. I can watch right. Forrest Gump a thousand and two times, and I know that people, you know, kind of make fun of Forrest Gump now or whatever, but I can watch it a thousand two times and I never get tired of it. It's another one of those. I in in Forrest Gump is any scene that Same here. Uh, is actually Tom Hans again uh, coming inside the room with Jenny and the kid is in the other place uh uh playing the PlayStation when, when or something. When she tells him that she's the father. Yes, and he asks permission yeah. to be with the with the kid without a war. Is 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 just uh, uh, body language and everything. If you watch that scene, you can tell all that is going on in his eyes. And I mean, the acting is. And that that's world. something you know with actors. Seventy um, percent of your acting really is non-verbal, and that's the reason that actors really can't get to certain levels because they don't—they put so much emphasis on the words, right. and they don't realize what's under the words, what's between the words, what's you know around the words. What's uh, the, and there's so much non-verbal that has to you when you're watching a character, he has to be so specific because we have to know what his language is. With even out without his words, <clears throat> so yeah, exactly. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know what? I love Forrest yeah, Gump. Forrest Gump is such a classic film. Not only that, but the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, I like as well. um, 
uh, Princess Brides. I like, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many, but I think, I think, um, you know, I think it gets harder and harder to find those movies, you know, because, um, we've become such an industry that's about processing, you know, just processing the movie and, 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 and my fear is losing the depth of the stories. I can understand that because, like you said, some people focus is on the words mm-hmm. and emphasis on, just on the words well, even, itself even and not the body you know, language and the it, way it that becomes, they look. It is a business, so you know uh, they're and, looking to get movies out as quickly as possible, turn them over, make the money on it. So they're not really so much looking at for the longevity of the film, and uh, they're just looking for the turnover so they can get to the next thing and keep the money flowing, and. Um, and when you, when you get into that, I mean, we ask people all the time, uh, would you rather work on an independent film? And you know, your independent budget budget still goes really high just because you're independent. Doesn't mean you're in a low, low budget. It just means that you're in control of everything. Um, But would you rather work on an independent or would you rather work for the studios? And nine times out of 10, they want to work on an independent because an independent has more artistry in it. Uh, Studios are going to be about more processing the film there's so much right yeah they're they're into the machine and getting it to turn so they can get the dollar but somebody absolutely who, who is working independently they're going to care more about the story and actually right they normally have an investment in the story matter of fact you know i asked the same question to an independent director that i interviewed last week weekend mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. And he said the same thing that you're saying and everything. The creative control is just fantastic because I get to do what I want with my characters. I'm able to add my scenes in without even having to ask a studio permission for my for my movie. Right. I can do, and I right. have that freedom control of what I can do and, and everything. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a lot harder because we don't have the the money of the big, well, right? And the man, the manpower, man. Yeah. Right, but still, uh, I'm I'm just thrilled for y'all and everything. I fully support what you guys are doing and everything. You guys are doing fantastic. well. Thank you, thank, thank you. you so much. Even though thank with this pandemic stuff be, and everything, um, you have my full support all the way through. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, anytime. We can talk. We can talk I, I love having you guys on. I can listen to you guys <laughs> talk for hours. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> I do. I just have two more questions for y'all and everything. And that is for you and Diego, uh, what you know, are some of your favorite a, moments of producing I, something? I actually really do like um, producing um, because I like kind of putting the puzzle together, but uh, uh, producing is a different, it's a, it's a different kind of monster because you're, you're working more on the uh, administration, administrative side and it, it's more of the, of the business is more of the business of the film. So, um, what was your question? What do we like about it? Oh. It was, uh, what are some of your favorite moments? When you are watching the movie on theater. But it's fine. And, and you are seeing that, that that's your baby. You know, like, when I, I saw it in, on theaters and 
and the theater was full and i was i was going inside the the room the the room to see what people is saying and you know like inside as a filmmaker theater. i want i want to know if they are liking it or not or people always will come in something and and i love those those moments uh i like uh uh when when you are creating at the beginning uh when you are like understanding and um yes and generating the idea and and knowing that that's that's gonna this is what you want to do and then this is what you did but so as, it's those moments but as the as the producer i think one of some of the moments that are fascinating right. is when you think you can't get something done like you 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 come to a halt and that means that all of a sudden you know all the walls go up and because your job is to keep that production moving and you think it's not going to come through and then all of a sudden you find a way to break down whatever's holding you and you get through and you move on to the next step of trying to get your movie uh produced um that's that's exciting to me because it's uh you know all all that hard work and and taking risks taking risks to um uh to to be able to do you know something right exactly because you right. know like kevin smith yes. had to do for clerks he actually had to sell his whole entire comic book collection just to make the movie so a lot of blood, sweat, and tears goes into this thing, and then once you see your baby on screen, yeah, and, and, the, and, the, and the, the whole time, you know, there's no filmmaker at any point. You're just in their, thrilled at how much what it's that doing. Knows if and, their film and, is gonna gonna make it. So everything is a everything that you do around filmmaking really is a risk, and it's a gamble. You know, all literally all the way through it. When you see it working, it works. and when you see it working, yes, you're like, oh, yes, <laughs> you just you just won that that round, you know, you just won that big poker table. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what you call the poker people, but <laughs> right, you, you won the pot, you won the pot, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. yes, exactly. You feel and, and basically you, know, you feel like Rocky Balboa I think, beating. I think we have to have some kind of like. Uh, we being love some lane, sort of abuse, much. you know, because we get abused and abused and abused and abused, and we make it out of the abuse, and and to see, uh, see the final product, it makes the abuse worth it. But but it's it's crazy because uh, you you watch the movie so much worth it. Some theaters like I don't know a thousand times, you know, like in the editing room later with the music later with uh, like. All the process, right. color grading, yeah, you get and all, sick of the movie. and you watch it. <laughs> yeah, like you don't want to watch it anymore. Actually, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> but even like that, you, right? You it's are, like okay, I don't need to see my own movie now. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm done. To see the reaction of of people. So it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's yeah. I mean, once you, I mean, it's it's like that in theater too. You know, you. Uh, it's a beautiful thing though rehearsal 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 you're so sick of it once you win that audience on on performing night it's all worth it you know it's yeah 
same thing. Most definitely. Um, well, speaking of which, as a director, how much creative control does a director actually have with the studio? And I know that you guys um, have your own studio and stuff like that as far as doing like the YouTube stuff and things like that. But I'm kind of curious, like, as a director and everything, with the creative control. Because here's the thing. With Zack Snyder, with Warner Brothers, they pretty much went on ahead and just totally got rid of everything that he created. And now his stuff is actually going to be on HBO Max. So it's like, okay, are you guys going to be scared of actually going well, into I'm, something bigger? Because they I might actually do the same scared. type of treatment like to, to somebody the, else. experience. Uh good experience or bad experience is experience at the end and you will learn a lot of that so i want to uh i mean right now i'm, I'm right. an independent filmmaker i'm not with a studio and i have been talking uh i'm i'm working uh with uh mark travis he he did a movie right. with with uh warner brothers and when and i was telling him like what is we were talking about it, and, and he said he doesn't want to do a movie with a studio anymore, but I, I'm not... I think I, I need that experience. I think I, think I, think, I want know, to live that. I think that, um, you know, if you're working with it with a studio, you... you it right. doesn't it doesn't need to be your baby. Uh, it needs to be something that you love but, and you feel, but it's your baby, and they take all your rights away, and they change all your stuff. But I, I don't know because it's like right. uh, it's like right now I'm having hunting souls, and I have in my mind so clear everything that is going on in that movie that I can probably sit in front of the producer and say this is necessary because of this, you know, like yeah, probably things he can persuade. Probably <laughs> yes. I mean, I can I can try to explain, and right, and maybe not. I don't have that experience yet, but I will try. And 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 I think if they persuade me to get out of an idea, it's probably because the idea was not good enough. You know, so I don't know. I will have to be in that situation. I I want to have it. Uh, Right. I would like. Yeah, but you do lose a lot. I mean, people that we know that work on with major studios from. From camera to, to you know almost anything, uh, that is the painful thing for them is they don't get to feel as creative as they would with a with an independent. And right. the hard part is the producer will be saying, uh, "This is so expensive. We have to cut this, and you have to Absolutely. be like as a director. Please, I need that." So I think that yeah, would be. You have to a, beg. Yes, <laughs> that would be a deal. Yes, but but I think if you have a strong idea, right, and negotiate I mean, and all that I stuff, I think those problems are happening when when the script has holes in it or something like that. I, I'm not sure. I really never have that experience, but that is what I'm thinking. Right. Okay. All right. It was just something I was just kind of curious about. And a matter of fact, I know that, you know, we were talking about, you know, this is just an example, like Andy Muschietti, the guy who directed the Stephen King's It movie, 
you know, they had somebody else in line to do the directing mm-hmm. part. And then he said, I want to, the director goes and says, this movie needs to be filmed in New York. And Warner Brothers was like, no, we're not going right. to shoot in New York because it's going to cost us more to film in New York than it is for the actual budget for this film. And it's just not in our budget. So with creative differences, he went on ahead and walked away, and Andy Muschietti was the one who winded up right. taking control of that. Yeah, I mean, so I can actually understand what you guys are actually saying up, from y'all, uh, both of y'all's perspectives of your control. with that. Right. But I think this is this has been very great. I mean, I I enjoyed having both of y'all on the show and everything. I want to say thank you for taking time out of your night to actually do this interview. I know you guys are actually tired probably from the day to day stuff. Absolutely. And thank you for reaching out. But I just want to say thank you. This really meant a lot to me for you guys to be on my podcast and everything. Um, Thank you. Thank you. We, you know, we're, we're very, um, well, I'm more, more kind of uh, a social person than, than Diego. I'm very open. I'm, I'm just, um, I I like, I, I like social interaction and, and so, you know, I'm not used to being on media, but I'm always open to to right. um, help talk other people. and help people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people is is always asking me, "Hey, what I can do here?" And I'm always right there. So, and we wish you well in your endeavors and and what you're doing. Um, it's great and wonderful for your area. Right. Uh, Thank you. You know, you're in Mississippi, right? Thank um, you. I don't know why we were talking about Boston and all of a sudden I put you in Boston, but um, I knew you were in Mississippi. Right. Yes. But um, yeah, because you know, your work, I, I know just from doing our, our talk show, I think you said you had, um, right. how many episodes did you say you have? Right. So we're on like what we have a hundred and. 144 episodes. Just I want to say. Uh, we have in YouTube less than on Facebook. On Facebook yeah, we just we started. Like yeah, we just started oh. working our YouTube platform. So, uh, but it, but it, it's hard work, and you know you have <laughs> to keep moving and you have to keep going. And one connection That's leads excellent. to another connection, and you have somebody on, right. and then they lead you to somebody else, and um, you know. So I, right. I wish you well in in your endeavors, and and want to say thank you. Oh, thank you so much. You're well. You're you guys are very welcome. You guys are welcome on wow, the show anytime you. you want. I've been, as a matter of fact, next <laughs> month will be a year that I've been doing this. So, <laughs> thank you. I do appreciate it. Um, you can you and can follow me through Kelly Talk. For everyone, uh, um, I'm just kind of curious. On, where can everybody reach you at? A, a words in Motion uh, Facebook page. Words in Motion. It's Words in Motion Acting School. It's Words in Motion Acting performing an acting studio is what is what it's called probably if you put in words of motion acting studio it'll come up but we're on facebook and instagram on both those platforms kelly talk show and words in motion and then diego has diego silva acevedo um it's weird i'll tell you to get on a side note so hispanics take their mother's last name so they're you know he's diego silva but then they take their mother's last name on the end of their name, which is so weird to us because uh, we have, you know, we wouldn't. Um, anyway, uh, he's um, Diego Silva Acevedo <laughs> right. 
on on Instagram and on Facebook and and I have my website is diegosilvacevedo.com uh, in my website I don't have like all my work I just have a few things and and then most... you can find Diego on um, on IMDB yeah okay well I thank you again for being on and of course everyone you guys can follow me on every single platform but Instagram at John DeGorio85 on Instagram. Movie Love is Your TV, Love is Your Night on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at John DeGorio. And you can also follow me at Movie Love is Your Night on Twitter and also on my Facebook page at Movie Love is Your TV, Love is Your Night.